Dream Warriors, thank you for joining me. Big episode today. One of my all-time favorite, 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 favorite Christmas movies. How the Cringe Stole Christmas. So many people hate this movie, but I'm going to talk to you about it. And we're going to discuss what this movie means to the greatest holiday in human history. Let's rock and roll, let's hit that music, and let's get to it. It's amazing the, the, the time that we live in that something... Uh, like Christmas is uh, controversial because when I was growing up, it was just the biggest thing in the world. And I grew up in a, a mixed neighborhood of high and low incomes. I, I'm talking, you can walk 20 minutes down the, the down the street from my neighborhood, Ariel, New Jersey, and you could hit a place called Brittany Woods and you would get... Uh, just decimation. Brittany Woods um, was actually like very early featured in like the Urban Dictionary because it was called the Woods, and uh, you know like it was a um it, it was somewhat like uh like known like it was known outside of New Jersey, but and uh, it was like even known as like Little Camden because Brittany Woods was almost like this extension of Camden, New Jersey, and it's not that close to it. You know, like, it, it, it's a little bit away. You would have to take uh, the 42 Expressway uh, for about 20 minutes, and then, then you would hit Brittany Woods. But, yeah, but for whatever reason, uh, probably because of drugs, uh, yeah, Brittany Woods got on the map. And then if you went, uh, like, the other way, 20 other minutes... Okay, you would get uh, these newer developments, and it was like the next income bracket up. And you know, this was uh, you know roughly Sicklerville, Ariel, and like Blackwood, New Jersey. So Christmas, uh, just all around at that time, was it was fantastic. I, I remember in my like early twenties, uh, you know, like when I was kind of like in and out of living at home, but I, I was working a lot, I was freelancing a lot. Uh, I was mostly using my parents' place as a art studio to freelance out of. So, like, I was working full time, and you know, it, so I was in the in in the zone of um, you know, just kind of uh, just having a lot of extra money. And with that, you know, even my girlfriend at the time, we you know, we did we did a good amount of like traveling and bouncing around and just yeah, I don't know, just probably doing things for uh, for the gram. Before doing things for the gram was actually something. <laughs> at that point, at that phase, you did things for MySpace. <laughs> but yeah, and I would just have these like Christmas parties, and I was like getting into adulthood at that point, and everyone got like a present. Uh, my friends that I knew uh, kind of grew up a certain way, I would make sure that, um, you know, there was good things under the tree for them. And Christmas has, has always been embedded in me as this is not only the, the season and the time of giving, but it is a reminder of who we have around us and why and those who aren't. And luckily, some of these people we can still reach out to. We, we can still like you know reach them through a text message, reach them through Facebook. Sometimes even LinkedIn, but you can you can get in contact with these people, and you you may not think that they're thinking of you, but most likely they are, and the uh, reason for that is because we all leave impressions in people, and even sometimes when it's uh, weird and negative, um, 
it's still there, you know, and there's something to, to be repaired. And, you know, like, we, we have to be mindful of that stuff. Now, this, this doesn't mean, like, you know, like, all things get forgiven instantly because there, there is a time and a trial. <laughs> and uh, it's good to go into that process. It's good, it's good for you. And, you know, like, we, as people, uh, you know, I'll say Americans because, because it's somewhat cultural-based. But we as Americans, uh, we like to avoid stress and we depend on people um, to invent things to take away the stress. You know, like even entertainment, even Dream Warriors is a it's, it's a stress relief for a lot of people. But we're still avoiding uh, what we should not be doing in life. And don't don't let the holidays uh, get you off the hook because the holidays are, are a great reason. It's a great way. It's a great avenue to reach out and to know and to to feel those people again but with that being said welcome to dream warriors podcast the most lit (laughs) uh solo i'm doing solo show today uh the most lit entertainment podcast pop culture podcast i am peter peter a deluca and you can find me all over social media i am talking twitter and facebook Okay, I'm talking Snapchat. Okay, if you want to know the handles, just ask me. Instagram and Facebook, it's aka pad13. Twitter, Snapchat, it's just aka pad. There's even a website. Did you know that? aka pad.com. There's a YouTube channel, just search aka pad. You'll find me doing all kinds of stuff. So, what am I doing here? Uh, Dream Warriors is long form conversation on movies and all these things that we love, these things we're obsessed with. And we talk about things and we sit on them and we talk about them again and we argue about them and we love them and we hate them. But it's a, uh, it's, it's a documentation on where we are with absorbing some of this content, uh, where the content's going, and what it means to us. And that is the. Uh, you know, like, that's the definition of Dream Warriors, and I am your host. Uh, I'm Peter. Hey, I've been in this game for a while. We've been podcasting for a few years already. I have a background in IT. I have a background in a comic book illustration, logo design, web design. I've ran a, a, an art studio in Center City, Philadelphia for nearly seven years. So... We're leading to how you can support the show. Uh, if you're listening on SoundCloud, there's a link. Help fund the show. That goes to a Patreon. And the Patreon, uh, right there. <laughs> you can you can donate. You can help. You, 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 you can hook us up. And if you're into purchasing creative services, you can head over to Etsy slash shop slash AKA pad. And, yeah, you can buy a logo design package. You can buy a web design package. You, 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 you can buy something and uh start to grow your business and reach your dreams and a lot of times too when you purchase those packages you get me on like email retainer text message retainer if we have time a couple phone calls uh yeah there's always like an introduction phone call but you you can reach out to me and we can collaborate and it, it i feel like there's a lot of value i feel like it really doesn't cost that much compared to the value i feel like i do spoil my clients uh, even though I just had to fire one, if you listen to the previous episode, I had to fire one of my clients on sun, uh, on Saturday. Uh, no, Sunday. It was Sunday. And yeah, it was kind of, I felt it was so bad. Um, but the, like I said, the, the client got like a little bit too demanding, a little bit too hostile. 
and I just said, "Look, let's just like cut ties because you, um, you you, you don't understand enough of what like needs to get done." And uh, you know, like it's not my job to tell you how to like do your business and and prioritize and and like this and that. And and this is after the client disappeared for about like two months on me. So whatever. Uh, it, that's always sad. But hey, um, I am going to make some coffee because <laughs> I need some coffee. It's early in the morning. Um, and we're, we're going to get into how the Grinch stole Christmas. So okay, I'll be we're right back. We're back. back. We're back. Thank you so much for uh, letting me do that, everyone. I had to get some, I just made some quick iced coffee with the absolutely delicious Delights uh, Reese's Pieces Buttercup Creamer. Uh, I talk about this all the time. This this is one of my favorites. Is If Delights wants to sponsor me, please do. Because <laughs> I talk about your product a lot. But yeah, so How the Grinch Stole Christmas. 2000, okay? That's, that's a, the year this movie came out. Uh, this jump-started what I thought was going to be a full run, like a complete uh, blitz by Universal on the entire Doctor Who catalog because what, this movie was maybe, I would say, like potentially the last uh, movie that really um, like was hype uh, for Jim Carrey. So the movie stars Jim Carrey. It's directed by Ron Howard. We have uh, music by James Horner. Uh, it's produced by Imagine Entertainment and Brian Grazer. Brian Grazer, who's going to go down as one of the all-time uh, producers, if, if if he's not already. And uh, th- this movie's just that. And I, and I think Bo Welsh may have done the production design. And uh, who, uh, maybe, I'm forgetting who did the, uh, the, the, the costume. But yeah, so... It, it, it's kind of like a, reflecting on this movie. It is a little bit sad because, uh, you know, like Ron Howard just had like a, an epic uh, disaster with Solo. Like, and I it, I still uh, I'm surprised he took on that movie um, because he he hasn't had something that popped in a really long stretch. Uh, and I mean like really popped. Okay, I'm not saying he's he hasn't had some of these like smaller little like blips. But I just mean like movie wise, blockbuster wise, and Solo was like his return to that. And I always like to see Ron Howard do well because I love like the paper. I love Far and Away. Uh, you know, I love Parenthood. Uh, you know, like he's so accomplished. Um, he's so well rounded. Apollo thirteen, like um, potentially next to the right stuff. Uh, is the the best astronaut movie we will ever get. I haven't seen the first man yet with Ryan Gosling, but Ron Howard has made the second best astronaut movie we will ever get. And that's only because of ordering. Uh, the right stuff came out first <laughs> based on the wonderful Thomas Wolfe novel. And and Apollo 13 is just like boom. And, and look, both of those movies are masterful and stacked. But yeah, sometimes you just gotta go in order of release when it comes to greatness. This is the case with Apollo 13. Uh, yeah, so this movie is it's it's a complete um, imaginative, not pun intended there, uh, imaginative triumph, okay? This is like all cylinders of the Hollywood machine of the hollywood movie machine they are firing and and we're now out of the 90s and the 90s style blockbuster 
is starting to die and to fade and the Grinch was was I would have to kind of go through but I would maybe potentially say the how the Grinch stole Christmas is potentially the last like it's the Alamo of the 90s style blockbuster movie you know that goes back to Armageddon and Face Off and Waterworld and Demolition Man last action hero like these movies that could, that had complete product lines the you know like the blitz the media blitz the the pop culture blitz and the grinch had so much hype the the original like poster for this movie was just it was all black uh the dr seuss style how the grinch stole christmas it might have been ripped right from the book that you know originally published in 1957 i believe or 1956 yeah it goes back uh and it, it was just the hairy hand like holding up like like a broken um uh like christmas ornament broken red round christmas ornament like glossy and, and shiny and then it was like a huge mystery to reveal what this thing looked like and it was an anticipation and look the style of, of teaser poster uh went back it, it goes back to the 89 batman to hook you know where hook just had captain's you know uh dustin hoffman's captain hook's hook you know like completely like magically lit and these style this style of teaser poster too is gone so this movie is a complete relic on four accounts you know the relevancy of, of ron howard the relevancy of jim carrey hollywood blockbusters and marketing okay and it's 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 crystallized it's in the case and and it's encapsulated and we can visit it at any time if you have netflix you can check check out the i guess we would have to call it the original how the grinch stole christmas outside of the cartoon that was also directed by the fantastic the legendary chuck jones and so the chuck jones uh like made for tv animated adaptation of, of how the grinch stole christmas kind of started this um trend of like superstars working on this property and this movie i already said is stacked but so is the new one so this year we had a um you know we've we had the re-release we we've had now dr seuss's the grinch and it's it's an animated feature it's killing it at the box office by the way but it's it's narrated by pharrell this one's now rated by Anthony Hopkins, and the original we have to double check is Boris Korloff. Okay, it might have been one of his last uh, media like outings ever. Like I don't think he was alive for much longer uh, after that. And you know, this one we have Benedict Cumberpatch, uh, Rashida Jones. Then, like, if you could uh, go th right through Danny Elfman doing doing the music, still done, still released by Universal. And then for this one. <laughs> again uh it's just awesome so what makes this movie what it is in my eyes and why do people hate this movie people love trashing this movie the other like quick side note uh this movie led into a live action cat in the hat starring michael myers which is completely completely bizarre and fantastic and michael myers in that cat suit just being michael myers is oh my god it's so good and at this point i was so disappointed 
that there wasn't a Lorax or like a Horton Hears a Who or just one of the off center. Like, dude, they could have done Fox and Socks. Okay. It, like, I just felt like they should have kept going with this big actor in the suit being crazy, uh, you know, like far out visuals. And, and that could have been a series. That could have been Universal's like next monster like sub franchise. Like, Universal always had them somewhat built on the monster movies. In the 2000s, they could have rebuilt themselves with, with, with Dr. Seuss adaptations, but that didn't happen. I'm still disappointed, but it seems like the animated ones are, are really catching steam, catch, catching fire. We, we've, and, you know, we're now in an age of uh, very, I think, I, I think they're all great, okay, but very well made, well thought out, and completely fun Dr. Seuss adaptations. I never really thought uh, we would like hit that. I just, oh, to me, Dr. Seuss always was books and cartoons, and the cartoons were like close to the books, just because you can draw like you know, like visually you can you can match it, and then like we're moving on. But the idea of um, adding motion and flight and and a color spectrum to the Dr. Seuss pages, which a lot of times are are completely colorless. There, there's only a, a limited color used in the original children's books and adding like rounded color to that uh you know like building a universe around some of these books hey it's it's cool it's cool i look i'll say it again i love that the, the lorax the lorax might have been the last animated movie i saw in the theater okay and that, that that was a long i even have time to even look that one up but yeah so this movie uh like somewhat resonated uh it got trash Pe- people hated it and <laughs> like which i love i love when people hate movies and then you have that mo- like you know all your cinephile friends will trash it they'll say that was horrible this and that and then you put that movie down like five years later like with a girl like with a babe and they're excited to watch it because you know it look it's not as most of the women in my life are younger okay with that being said it's a kind of like a movie that they grew up watching <laughs> like as a kid and they have such a like love and and nostalgia uh and you see it through their eyes you see it through like a grown-up who hasn't seen it in a bit that remembers it as a child that re-explores it and some of the lines and some of the um the dialogue and some of the the visuals that they remember is so fun it's so exact and it brings you into like something to where you're like oh my god maybe that is funnier maybe that is more lighthearted than than i remember and it brings you back uh and then you see through their eyes and the movie just gets reprogrammed in your mind and this is again this is why how the grinch stole christmas starring the great jim carrey than the great Jim Carrey because I'm not really sure what's happening now. I don't care about his Showtime show because it's not him. It's not him. He's he's just yeah. I'm not look. He's just acting. Whatever. He's he's it's he's not being a comedian in that Showtime show. I don't need to watch it. He's not. It doesn't even have a premise uh, that I'm into. And I believe it's called Kidding and whatever. Uh, I I do f- believe it got uh, renewed for season two. But yeah. So. This movie just brings in the set design, okay? It brings in the coloring. It brings in the cinematography, the um, costumes, the look, 
the acting, okay? There is nothing that's not completely over the top. I'm sorry, uh, Rick Baker. That's the name I was trying to think of for the costume. I'm pretty sure Rick Baker, uh, again, 100 Academy Award nominations. <laughs> Rick Baker is the guy behind the look, and he's the one that designed the Grinch baby in this. And this movie falls on all of these problems too, like the flashback, the origin. These, these are this is the obsessive nature of franchise storytelling or drilling deeper into things and not uh, having faith in taking letting the story take its own path uh, when it doesn't involve a backstory or an origin. Hey, we were just talking about Solo. Solo somewhat guilty of that, even though. I am on the outskirts. I do feel like Solo brought Ron Howard completely back to form. And Solo should have at least made double the money it made in the domestic box office. Should have made double. But it lost. It lost, I think, about $300 million. But this movie puts me in awe because there's so much talent around it. Jim Carrey supposedly suffered throughout the, the shoot of this movie. Being in the suit and under those lights, he suffered, okay? And, you know, maybe it worked, maybe it added to the performance, but he's so funny in this. He's so great. There's so many good lines. Uh, you know, like, are you bored? Like, I, I, am I, like, we can all run around doing the Grinch voice. Like, am I eating because I'm bored? It's, uh, I say that all the time. And, look, even Max. Max being, like, a straight-up dog in this movie. It's, it's just fantastic. But, look, I can tell you the plot. If you all know the plot of the Grinch by now, like, or how the Grinch stole Christmas, I'm sorry. It's not, I can't do anything for you. But. Um, explore this movie. It's available on Netflix. Uh, it's probably um, like maybe on HBO too or something. But I would I I don't mind. Watch all three. Watch the original card. Read the book. Watch the original cartoon directed by Chuck Jones. Watch this movie and then go out to the theater with some friends and family, maybe on a date, and watch The Grinch. And just enjoy it, okay? Have fun with it. And, uh, you know, don't be cynical. Do not be cynical. Just go in and enjoy it. And if you don't like it, it's okay. You don't like it. But, um, you know, don't think it's uh, you could have done better because you're sitting in the seat. So you probably couldn't. Not saying you can't identify problems, but you probably could not have done better. And that's one of the, the long threads of Dream Warriors is, hey, hey, we, we want to talk about the good things and we want to analyze why things are not good. But, hey, if you have any issues, just tweet me, at aka Pat. And until then, until next time, until tomorrow, the next episode, we're going to have WWE's TLC, Tables, Ladders, and Chairs. I'm completely amped because it's one of my like, if we were to stack, okay, you have WrestleMania for favorite WWE pay-per-views. Then it's uh, Royal Rumble. Then it's TLC. And then it's um, Money in the Bank. Okay, so, and I, that's such a good gimmicky four block there. Because the gimmicks for each, except like WrestleMania just being WrestleMania. Yeah, and now your champions probably coming in at, at five. I love the gimmicks for like all five of those. They're just, they're very direct, they're very clear. Survivor Series always confused the living crap out of me. <laughs> I just, I, 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 it's hard to get excited over like just elimination matches. But look. I love you all. Thank you for joining me. Happy holidays. Rock and roll.
Everyone, Merry Christmas! I know we're days, days out of Christmas, but we are doing Cinemas! That's right, Dream Warriors is celebrating the greatest holiday ever created. And look, uh, if, if you're uh, not into Christmas, we got some good movies though, and that's what Cinemas is all about. So, you hear those jingle bells? You hear that reindeer? Santa's coming. Let's just hit that music and get to talking about the Christmas Chronicles available now on Netflix. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. I believe the um uh the draw of Christmas is just the uh it's just a fornication of, of the words because it is just so much fun to say. It is uh it's I think it's a little bit like happy birthday. Um I tell people happy birthday all the time, even when it's not their birthday, even uh I'm very bad with, with dates. <laughs> If it's not for Facebook, I don't know someone's birthday, which is why Facebook is uh, very important to me. Uh, at one time, I did merge um, Facebook and Google Gmail calendars, and a lot of my friends' birthdays did go into my 9 to 5 calendars, like, so to speak. So, uh, a little grateful for that, but I'm not totally, totally dependent on, on Facebook for uh Happy birthdays, but it, it does help. But yeah, I think the, just saying Merry Christmas is just great. And yeah, so Dream Warriors, if you're not familiar with the show, look, this is a pop culture uh, journey adventure. Uh, you know, like we're always playing with the um, the baseline concepts of what Dream Warrior represents. And right now, we're just focused on long form conversation on all things pop culture. There is a bunch of contributors that, uh, you know, look, as, as long as they got something to say and they want to say something, they can come on. We can go and hang out. Uh, you know, the, the contributors is a scale because sometimes, look, it's, it's, it's a lot of work for me just to uh, do something, like do something like what you're listening to. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of steps just to get to this point, and I do want to maximize it, so uh, yeah, the contributors come and go, uh, new ones, old ones, but, uh, you know, we go on runs with some of them, but we do have contributors, uh, each one's almost like the A-team, they have a specialty, uh, but yeah, so, uh, another, like, this other baseline that I've been toying with for Dream Warriors is the, um, I just view that, uh, there's so much cynicism when it comes to reviews, uh, and this is very prevalent, um, you know, this coming Sunday is WWE's TLC, Tables, Ladders, Chairs, especially in wrestling conversation. Uh, it's so cynical. I believe film conversation is just about there. Uh, the odd thing is comic book conversation is strictly adulation and cutesy-bootsy and funny and everything is great, which is a little bit weird because I haven't read a good comic off the shelves in many years now that doesn't say i don't discover good modern day comics like right now this dude tom sicoli and i'm having the a hell of a transformers year this is 2018 is almost a year of the transformers for me but tom sicoli uh did this gi joe verse transformers book and 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 it is phenomenal um you know it is up there with me now with watchmen mouse akira uh, Dark Knight Returns and like this, like the, the, this is you know Jeff Smith's Spoon, 
uh, this book, this run that he did is among the the all-time top, in my opinion. But anyway, yeah, so (laughs) there's... There is a criticism of the cynicism. That's the point I was getting at. But Dream Warriors, it's comics, TV, streaming. Me, Peter A. DeLuca, your host, your boy, your dude. Uh, Part of my life, part of the lives of my contributors. Uh, I think Mark's coming back to talk to me just about Christmas. I think we should have like a general Christmas discussion. I'm looking forward to that. But, you know, it's just an exploration on where some of these movies and other pieces of content where they rely in our consciousness in our psyche in our culture the day they are introduced into it and later and that's what i mean by long-form conversation and and to me that is why dream warriors is as important as it is and look um we're pretty good we're pretty hardcore on netflix um, you know, Dream Warriors, Monitors, uh, just about everything that Netflix does. And I really do like promoting what Netflix has uh, that's good, that's that's done well. And the reason for this is because I view chaos coming. See, uh, Netflix came into the market and created chaos. Um, put a lot of people out of business, challenged a entire industry. Now, with that being said, okay, that's just one angle the other angle is that it it uh, introduced business to another business model so what do we have with that we have now netflix making money off of comcast um you know that's like another discussion and making money off of the content that they're providing so they're, they're, they're making money off of others other people's work in two ways okay and people are not going to like it and they're going to go after netflix and how did how do they go after netflix they develop their own netflix like services and you know look comcast is poised to challenge netflix with xfinity um luckily they all know what they're doing uh hulu you know kind of came came and went uh amazon is is right there to challenge netflix and then we have disney with disney live or disney plus i, I forget the name of it but Disney has its streaming service. It's coming at us quick. That's a real competitor. And then, you know, Warner Brothers came out uh, with the DC uh, Universe, the DC Streaming, which is a very niche uh, UFC Fight Pass, WWE um, channel as well. Like, that's what I would compare the, the DC Universe with. So, what's eventually going to happen with Netflix is they're not going to have rights for you know, like, pre-made content. Uh, eventually, their rights are going to get pulled one by one, and, and they won't be renewed. So what does this mean for Netflix? Well, this means that Netflix is going to become a idea house strictly on original content. And I think it's fitting that we're launching Cinemas with the Christmas Chronicles. Um, yeah, it's defined as a comedy film. I would 100% agree. It stars Kurt Russell, fantastic Kurt Russell, uh, the lady I watched this movie with. Uh, her and I saw John Carpenter's The Thing, and we watched this movie almost like back to back. <laughs> and I kind of didn't realize what the, the Kurt Russell connection until I saw Kurt Russell as <laughs> you know as Santa Claus, and I'm like, oh, I'm like, look, it's the guy from The Thing. Uh, it's <laughs> look. Uh, sometimes uh, at the Dream Warrior Studios, you, we go into dark, dark rabbit 
Alice in Wonderland like rabbit holes <laughs> on um, just discovery and watching things and YouTube black holes and, and all these great things that you know are available content providers uh, give to us. But yeah, so Christmas Chronicles in all is a fantastic Christmas movie. It's directed by Clay Katis. Katis. Uh, so this is the second Dream Warriors episode. The last episode was the fantastic Bumblebee movie. And I say it's fantastic uh, just because... Um, oh, man, I don't know why. Because I, I, I like the Bumblebee character so much. Um, but, you know, that's a tough movie. But that movie is directed by Travis Knight. Uh, Clay over here is also from the two of them in are conjoined parallel their the former animation directors which is interesting because i think maybe this is something that uh you know we can thank mr tom cruise for this by cherry picking brad bird for the mission impossible movies uh who also had an animation background and that was maybe like the first time we saw someone strictly in animation go into live action and uh just you know like do something amazing like dominate uh, here we have something similar because I would say um, the faults of the Bumblebee movie and even the faults of this movie are, are parallel in um, what they're getting across. Meaning that the, the, the humans, um, the emotion, the, the, the human characters are not 100%. And this could be because when you work in animation, uh, the characters are... You self-define the characters, and you're with a group of collaborators, all with equal skill sets. Now, you so it's you're not getting a performance; you're creating the the performance. Do you get this in Bumblebee? Do you get this in Christmas Chronicles? You you do not. Okay, uh, you have to direct people now. You have to direct humans, which all have different triggers, different um, emotional states, different experiences, different reference points. All in all, okay? So, <laughs> it's it's stark. It's a little bit stark uh, because there, it's, it doesn't make it easy. It doesn't make it look easy. Um, do both of these directors have a future? I would say a thousand percent. Yes, they do. Um, Christmas Chronicles falls right into like a very awesome, even Christmas movie. Um, it is a Christmas mythology movie. It's of, of that it probably has, I would say, maybe the best mythology around the holiday, uh, as Nightmare Before Christmas does, stop and go animation, <laughs> and Elf. Uh, up until that point, the other Christmas mythology, um, outside of Miracle on 34th Street, it never resonated. It was either overly explained or underexplained. And, you know, Santa Claus, the movie, like, there's a lot of examples of this. I'm not going to waste your time. Not going to waste your time. So, with all of that being said, let's get into the plot. The plot is very cool, okay? Kids mess up Christmas. Kids catch Santa Claus. Kids get into the, um, the sleigh of Santa Claus, and they kind of mess up Christmas. And from very early on... Um, we start to build a mythology and the lore around uh, Santa Claus, the magic, and, and the holiday. And this is a deconstruction of that. Now, this movie is completely self-aware. Uh, there is some self-adulation to it. Uh, there's a couple winks. 
and a lot but we want that we want that in the christmas movie of this level now the kids have to work with santa to fix christmas now the kids have a, a demon of their own they recently just lost their father you know and this is where the the chronicles part of christmas comes in these kids have to discover themselves and rediscover the meaning of the holiday without their father again christmas is a holiday of togetherness and love this movie that is the plot of this of you know like it, we we are introduced to the arc of the characters in the opening credits of this movie and you know i think clay uh Cadis definitely uh narrows in pinpoints and identifies that from early on now what happens along the way with us connecting to the characters it's give and take look kurt russell is magnanimous he is one of the all-time best on-screen Santa Clauses you can imagine you can conjure he is among the very best okay but that <laughs> okay so look it, that's a final statement there no, no one come at me with that uh, I don't want to see anything blow up DM wise with that so we get into more of the magic side and we're introduced to the elves and again the other thing that this movie does amazingly well and i kind of like as i was watching it i was kind of thinking like someone involved has got to be like like have an animation background because we have our elves and we have a when the all-time again this movie hits a lot out of the park all-time christmas movie elves like elves again too fully formed they're all cgi each one there's hundreds on screen at a time each one of these elves has a different personality try me try me on this but these elves are fantastic and just the way how they were done I, i'm thinking i'm like this is too exact like someone knows too much involved with the production on um you know like where to put the time and, and how they're maximizing like your focus because a lot of times with even with animation you have a focal point and that's like the detail and the intention and everything else is kind of cheated around what the focal point is these elves are are the are there they're the definition of that technique loved the elves in this movie i will watch a movie of the elves alone you can spin this movie off into a christmas chronicles elves franchise just like they did with the minions these elves are minion level awesome uh but yeah so we get a great lesson at the end of this movie. We have an amazing cameo. We do meet Mrs. Claus, which is Goldie, Goldie Hawn, the great Goldie Hawn, um, which blew my mind. And and that's it. Look, look, it's it's a Christmas movie about Christmas. What do you want? It's on Netflix. You can check it out. And for Cinemas, day one, and look, everyone, before I sign off, I... <laughs> I I don't have a plan for cinemas. I'm just going to be dropping episodes, okay? Uh, I'm not helping ones up. I'm just going to go with the flow, okay? Because uh, 31 Days of Dreaded, even um, thanks Flickmas, took a lot out of me. I'm going to be a little bit easier, but I might also be doing uh, toy targeted themed episodes. I do want to do almost like a, the year of Transformers, you know, since that's the toy line and it's Christmas time. You know, like I do feel like that there is a comparison there. Uh, so I haven't really figured out all of the content for this, but expect more episodes of Cinemas during December. We're going into like a good stretch here, and 
We have tables, ladders, and chairs this Sunday. And now, potentially, I'm going to put my foot into my mouth, um, into the Spider-Verse, the Miles Morales, Spider-Man, African-American Spider-Man story, movie thing, animated thing. May or may not um, may not be a an episode uh, because I just got like a couple of invites to see it. People want to go see it with me. Uh, it's hard for me to, to say no, especially because I like to party when I see movies. I like to go hard. I like to drink a lot of alcohol and get some Burger King. Everyone, until next time, I love you. Rock and roll, and thanks for joining me. Heyo, welcome to Dream Warriors Podcast. Now, I have a feeling you might be new, and how do I know that you, right there, are a new listener? Because the network has been growing, and analytics have been rising. So, let me just give you a quick description. We do pop culture, we do everything geek, we do comics, movies, TV, animation, cats and dogs living together we, we we just do it all and more recently wrestling and football the football episodes have slowed down look we're we're trying some new things here we're trying to kind of branch out but hey 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 thank you for joining me welcome to cinemas if you can't already tell by the music yeah that's right we're doing the christmas movie and this is one of the ones that it was on my list for about two years it's krampus it completely Completely floored me, blew me away. I had high expectations going into this movie, and it del- it delivered beyond, um, just beyond my expectations. But hey, let's hit that music and get right back to it. Merry Christmas again, Dream Warriors! Thank you for joining me. I am Peter. I'm your your host. I'm your guy. I'm your go-to man. I'm your dude, your bro, your boy. Uh, If you're new to Dream Warriors, this is where we go into deep dives on everything pop culture. But we we pretty much just focus on movies. And look, sometimes when my contributors sit down, we'll we'll go on long tangents. Those are some of my favorite episodes. But if you do like those longer episodes, Mark, I'm looking, I'm, I'm nudging in your direction. Uh, we're, we're going to slightly start adjusting things, and, uh, Dream Warriors is going to start sticking to maybe, like, a 20-30 minute long format, and this is because the analytics are just screaming this at me, and, you know, I've been studying what other podcasters have done, and it just seems like, since we're not very driven on, like, a singular thing, uh, some of the other shows that have a narrow focus, they uh, they get higher retention, and it's mostly because, like, you know what you're getting, and you get it repeatedly. I'm sorry, but Dream Warriors is not really about that. Dream Warriors is me, Peter A. DeLuca, from AKAPad.com, that's another known as P-A-D, AKAPad. Uh, this is like part life audio log. This is part celebration of the holidays. And that's what cinemas, the these cinemas episodes are all about. And, you know, these stem from the 31 Days of Dread for October, Halloween. And thanks, uh, <laughs> thanks flicking for Thanksgiving uh, in, in November. Uh, uh, so essentially, uh, the 
the idea for this show. Uh, again, uh, th this is kind of directed for anyone that's new because we have been surging, like we have been growing. This is it's it's a show of how pop culture like intertwines and flows and and kind of like becomes a vein, like a vein network. You know, distributing blood throughout our, our system, but it's not our system. It's it's our life, and it, that's where like the long form idea, the long form conversation idea, Dream Warriors gets to. To where, all right, like maybe we're gonna be targeting shorter episodes, but that doesn't mean we're done discussing these things because we we don't adhere to strict programming. We don't even adhere to contributors and guests, meaning. Uh, if I want to sit down and talk to you guys about Transformers for, uh, you know, 30 minutes, I can, which I I am planning, because <laughs> I, I view 2018 as, like, the year of uh, the Transformer. But look, so, getting to Krampus, because this movie, and, and look, normally at this point, I would promote things, like my Twitter at AKAPad, or my Instagram at AKAPad13, tell you guys to donate at akapad.com or if you're on soundcloud you can click help fund the show and i believe you can do it now on spotify there's direct links uh especially on anchor too there's there's direct links to help fund the show unfortunately no one no one has uh clicked those links yet <laughs> people have clicked uh they uh, they're, they're just not donating and that's fine uh, we, we still have to grow but this movie Krampus was on like two straight years of 31 Days of Dread. They didn't make the list. Last year, I was going to continue the 31 Days of Dread with doing like a Krampus special. You know, like a 12 Days of Krampus. And I was going to get all of these like, you know, other Krampus movies. You know, the ones, some of the ones with lower production values and, and all these other things. I was just going to go on this run. That didn't happen. So Krampus has been on my list for about two years. It's a movie idea concept that was introduced to me by Norm, who I started the show with. And, like, this movie is right up Norm's alley. He has this understanding, love, affinity, uh, and it's love because you, uh, he loves these types of movies. And, and I say love in, like, a very direct term. Because you you have to <laughs> you have to love the material uh, and the content that he consumes, and and kind of be okay with it. Because like even when I go into a movie like Krampus, I I I, I believe I'm just you know like I'm lowering my IQ, I'm lowering my expectations. Which again, there's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes when we you know, like, see a movie, when, when we absorb content, we, we, we've we had a long week, we've had an argument with the girlfriend, the wife is divorcing us, who knows what else, and we need to do a brain dump, we just need to drift away and, and forget things for a little bit, and believe it or not, I, I, I only feel movies do this, I don't feel TV or, like, a serialized entertainment, like, even if you're binge-watching something on Netflix, because there's, like, an anxiety and there's, like, a dopamine drip for the next episode, and you're not really so much in the moment. Uh, you're kind of trying to get through what's next, and then they're dropping bombs along the way, revelations, and, well, it's gotcha-driven storytelling, but, again, it's not the same. Uh, cinema holds something... Uh, to us, it, it holds us like almost like to the fire, 
and it it wants us to be on it, the same journey as the as the characters in the movie are going through. So I'm not knocking um, kind of like disposable. You know, they like to call disposable entertainment. What I'm knocking is that when that's your only uh, reach and. For me, it's when I watch a movie like Krampus, and I will say, this is the best Christmas horror movie you can imagine. It's going to be a long time before anything regarding Krampus tops this, because this movie goes hard into the mythology, the point, the arc, uh, the look, and the the overall impact. Um, you know, like us, the audience, because again this movie kind of shook me up and i felt so angry watching it because i'm like how did it take me two years to watch this movie this is one of the best um writer to director movies i've seen like for almost like for a, a first movie now during the 31 days of dread we touched on this with paul schrader and cat people and I, Paul Schrader is still the top writer to become a director in Hollywood history. This dude, um, what's his name, Paul Daltrey, right? Is um, Michael Daltrey. This dude is from the school of Brian Singer. Brian Singer who brought us, you know, the X-Men movies, uh, Usual Suspects, uh, with, with Ralph McQuire, who <laughs> the, the writer... Of um, Usual Suspects is also one heck of a director. Ralph McQuire, who's collaborated with Tom Cruise for the latest two Mission Impossible movies. Outlier movie to put into that category is Way of the Gun with Benicio Del Toro. That movie is awesome. I believe that might be on Netflix. And so this guy came up through the camp. Uh, Brian Singer. Now, I, one of my friends in, in Hollywood. Uh, my, my buddy Ben, we'll just leave it at that. He gave me a Brian Singer story that, believe it or not, became true. And there's a lot of things he said about his, um, the, the people he works with. And it, I, I, it, it's disturbing. But with that being said, <laughs> we need caveats here. Uh, this movie fires on every single, every single cylinder. And it definitely uh, feels like it's in the same universe as Trick or Treat from 2007, which was Michael Daltrey's like first film. And you know, like so, some time goes by, and and he 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 signs on board. You know, like becomes like Team Krampus, and they assemble some fantastic people around him. Uh, you know, like just in concept design cat creature design this movie has some of the best original creature design and because the creatures have a look they they have an appearance to where like they would only exist within the movie uh, you know and so watching this i kept thinking of gremlins where the gremlin like if we took a gremlin from the movie <coughs> excuse me and put it into the real world or or, or we took stripe from gremlins and put them in like another movie even back to the future it just wouldn't look the same et wouldn't really look the same et would just be this weird like like nutsack looking creature so the point i'm getting at is the style of the creatures in this movie only exists within this movie and it's a perfect blend it's a perfect like melding and i go back to 
a couple years ago, I was in Barnes and Noble and I picked up the making of this book, like the, the making of Krampus. It was some hardback book, and I love this book. So I, I always go through them, but I only had one chance to flip through it because uh, it sold. It sold not that long. It, it's been on my Amazon list. I really should buy it, and just the artwork alone. And the solution for Krampus really, really shook me. Uh, Like, it it just inspired me. And this movie definitely feels... It's from the Trick or Treat universe. I feel this is Michael Daltrey's... Like, I say, like, first movie. Because I really feel like he's arrived. Like, this... the, The limited storytelling. The limited set. The use of indoor environments. Like, studio shooting. Uh, and it's somewhat magical because this movie uses snow in a very fun, delightful way. And it goes into these um, Christmas tropes, like the gingerbread men, the jack-in-the-box, like presents and the elves. It goes in, uh, the reindeer are like these black, giant black goats. Incredible. You do. You just want to know more and see more of this universe. And this movie came out in 2015. Can we not get another movie? We, this should be somewhat of a annual release, like like we see with you know we saw with Saw, Paranormal Activity, and I guess now with the Insidious like spinoff movies, this should be a staple at this time of year. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what is happening. I really don't. It needs to happen, and it needs to happen now. Adam Scott, you know, from Parks and Recreations, is you know, like he's the the movie's stacked. Okay, it's got Tony Collette. It's got you know Adam Scott. The the movie's stacked from like toe to toe. And the other, like I guess, I'm talking to you with like a level of excitement. <laughs> if you can't tell only because I, I just want to sit down and watch the movie again uh, the other through line so we have a, a writer director so that's like another through line through Dream, Dream Warriors the other through line uh, that we're seeing here is perfect ending and we have this with movies like The Imitation, Upgrade uh, I'm forgetting some of them if, if I went through the list I could pinpoint them all and now this one and this is the only movie like it, we'll, we'll we'll talk to I'll I'll get into the plot. I'll tell you about the plot of the movie after I tell you this. The poster for this movie is like it's the ending. It's it's the point of the whole movie. I I can't remember another time where um the, a visual that you associated with a movie became the hook at the end. Masterful. So what's the plot? Okay. Krampus is this newer thing. It kind of it. I guess it's real, but it, it became it just reemerged a few years ago, and it's it's this evil Santa Claus that smites you if you curse Christmas. That's the plot of this whole movie. This kid has a horrible Chris, Christmas dinner with um, the wrong side of the family. Again, Christmas trope, Christmas movie trope where we have clashing families, and this kid gets embarrassed. He tears up his notes to, to Santa Claus. They set him up because he's maybe a little too old to believe in Santa Claus, but I say no. And that's the that's the Christmas side of this movie. This is how this is a Christmas movie and not a horror movie because it goes heavy into the belief itself of Christmas. And this kid denounces Christmas, and then he he curses the house and calls upon he calls upon Krampus. And 
I'm thinking, okay, perfect. And the movie has just, I'm not even going, I don't even want to spoil I'm usually like anti-spoiler. I just want people to go see this movie. Like, you have to go see it. Like, you have to find a way to watch this movie. The, the first death in this movie was so unexpected because I'm thinking they were setting something up. And no, like, they go hard in the paint early on this movie. And who they killed and how they, they, they killed this character, the circumstances around it, I'm thinking, here we go. This movie is going to be all go and no quit. And that's exactly what it was. They don't even hide Krampus. He has a reveal, but you see him, and you see him in action far earlier than what I was expecting. Now, the other side, and I'm going to, um, this is a quick cinemas episode, everyone. And I do apologize if you wanted me to go a little bit deeper into this movie. I might watch it a few times, and then, like I said, go boof. Wait. Do another Dream Warriors episode, but this uh, later this year, next year, 2019, Michael Daltrey wrote and directed Godzilla: King of Monsters, the Godzilla sequel. Uh, now we can expect nothing but great things from this movie. Now I could say that with Hellboy, because you know Hellboy's connection with the uh, Descent, but the Hellboy trailers. I'm not really sure. I, I I'm holding out hope on Hellboy, but it's I don't know. <laughs> but I did say I did say the same thing uh, about the um, about the Hellboy link to Descent uh, during the 31 Days of Dread when I did Descent Two, which basically became a dis- a Descent discussion because I think the uh, Descent is one of the are all time. Like ex- modern day top five horror movie, but all time like maybe top ten, top fifteen horror movie, uh, especially for claustrophobic uh, horror. Like you, you don't get any better than the descent. So for Christmas, <laughs> even though this movie deals with horror, it deals with pain, it deals with cursing, uh, curse and cursing. Uh, it, this is a must watch because it is. It's a specific Christmas movie where it deals with the spirit of Christmas and the belief of it. And the repercussions of breaking tradition and beliefs. And there's a price to pay for it. And we be in our moments. That's a big chunk of this movie. Uh, These things would never have transpired if some of the characters were in the moment. And they've lost themselves. It's a cautionary tale, and again, that the best horror is that. But I'm, I'm stopping this. I'm going to publish this episode as I'm watching the movie again, because that's how much I love it. But please watch Krampus, support Michael Daltrey, support Godzilla: King of Monsters when that comes out next year, because we want this guy to keep going. Whoever he has around him, to design create fabricate we want these people like we want this group together so we have to support it but hey dream warriors happy cinemas i love you so much thank you for joining me and until next time we love (laughs) to tease potentially the next episode it might be love actually one of my all-time rom-coms and christmas movies Welcome back to Cinemas, everyone. 
we are traveling back in time to 1994. This movie is already forgotten. Trapped in Paradise starring Nicolas Cage, John Lovitz, and the great Dana Carvey. Let's get to it. So if you hear anything in the background, <laughs> in the surrounding noise, it is because I am going on a run of making cold coffee. Uh, so anyone that, that's new to the podcast, uh, I'm Peter. I'm AKA Pad, Peter A. DeLuca from AKAPad.com. You can follow me on Twitter, Snapchat, AKA Pad, AKA Pad 13 on Instagram and Facebook. You can find me on Etsy slash shop slash aka pad if you wanted to support the efforts here also if you're listening to soundcloud and spotify there's links to go to direct donation buttons okay you we need we need some funding we need your help because you know this stuff takes time it's expensive and i do want to make it a little bit more regular and full time so hey well, or I'll, I'll be happy just with a um, <laughs> with any income regarding this, so I can uh, at least make it part time. I'll be happy with part time. I think I can do a lot of part time hours, twenty hours a week for Dream Warriors. Holy crap! Uh, we, we we would just take it over full time. Would not even be fair for the rest of the uh, podcasting field. But yeah, so uh, I'm making coffee. Uh, I go on runs of making huge batches of coffee, and I do all these different flavors. I do like pre-refrigerated bullet coffee uh, that actually uh, I think holds up better than when you make bullet coffee fresh. And then I'll do like a couple flavors and then I'll do one pitcher of just straight black cold coffee. And, and this is because I, I don't, I'm not always in flavor. Like I don't always have the taste for hot coffee. So a lot of times I like, I do love cold coffee. <laughs> so that that's what you're hearing. And why? Where it's like Pete. You, you you have to stop recording. Uh, you know, you, you can't just have these things in, in the background. No, 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 no. The Dream Warrior Studio is 24-7. There's things in the background sometimes. Sometimes there's even Dallas. Uh, Dallas is my cat. Uh, you can find him on Instagram, at Diamond Dallas Cat. He's named after Diamond Dallas Page, the great wrestler, not not the uh, football team, but also a side naming after, or <laughs> it would be... Uh, Dallas from the movie Alien, the Ridley Scott masterpiece. Uh, but yeah, so we're talking Trapped in Paradise, and and we're talking Christmas, and we're we're getting into like all of these things. Uh, this movie, uh, I remember kind of uh, maybe being younger and and grouping this movie together with uh, Quick Change and Scrooge. Even though Quick Change is uh, that's a Bill Murray movie starring Randy Quaid also and Gina Davis, uh, that movie hits it out of the park. But it's just at a time where, like, all these things, all these movies were just maybe on uh, cable at the same time. And it just, this flick is, you know, written, directed, I believe also produced by uh, George Gallo. George Gallo has been in the comedy game for a long time. And he's actually made uh, some of the, the, I would say, maybe the best uh, buddy comedy ever. And that would be Midnight Run. Uh, that was made in 1988. <laughs> you should check it out. He also wrote this movie called Wise Guys with uh, Joe Piscopo and um, 
who who wait it's it's Daniel DeVito and Joe Piscopo and I vaguely remember this movie but it's directed by Brian De Palma and Brian De Palma comes up a lot in our discussions uh if, if you're not familiar with De Palma he's best known for Scarface he's directed the first Mission Impossible to me he is a um you know, like almost like a like a nuanced slasher filmmaker that was able to break into the mainstream and do mainstream movies like Casualties of War, but to me, he's he's blow out Brian De Palma and body double Brian De Palma, two of the best John Travolta movies you can ever wish for. But so, what what makes this movie so special? <laughs> Why did I choose this movie? Uh, well, a- Amazon Prime. I, I was scrolling through Amazon Prime. And this is available through my star subscription that I access through Amazon Prime. So Amazon Prime, it doesn't aggregate all of your subscriptions, but it's it gets close. Hold up. Uh, <laughs> your, your loving host needs a sip of coffee. Ugh. I also feel like I, <laughs> I have to slow down a little. Uh, but this movie... Uh, kind of brought back uh, a lot of memories and I wanted to almost like verify if uh, like my memory of the movie was correct and I I have to say when it comes to the trio Nicolas Cage, John Lovitz and Dana Carvey these three guys work so well together that is what I remembered in this movie. I remember the three of them kind of being at each other's throats. Very similar to the family in Goonies. And it, it delivered. And I would almost say this might be Dana Carvey's best performance. Because he actually has an arc. Uh, his facial expressions. Um, the way his character is changing as the movie's marching on. Because he's a kleptomaniac is masterful john lovitz uh again like through his tone and performance transforms nicholas cage who's our star uh you know he's he's our rock hudson he he so he just gets a girl at the end he's changed so nicholas cage has less of a clear uh arc uh, but that's also because he's he's the he's kind of like the plastic he's the marquee guy so he his character is not going to you know really have like the 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 peaks and valleys as some of the other characters especially his brothers and we should kind of touch the plot right don't you agree we should kind of get into the plot of this movie because that's 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 what we do here in dream warriors we 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 discuss plot <laughs> okay so the plot is uh a little bit uh, it's 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 a tad confusing because John Lovitz and Dana Carvey and Nicolas Cage are brothers. Now, one of them is straight and narrow, and that's Nicolas Cage. The two get released uh, early from prison because of overcrowding and, and like good behavior. So we intro- we get introduced to Nicolas Cage, boom, like straight and narrow. Then we jump to a parole hearing. And we see the, these two guys trying to con the parole board. And, you know, again, we're character building. 
And then somewhere along the line, Nicolas Cage gets inspired to rob this bank. And, and this is where it becomes, you know, like comedy ensues when idiots try and rob a bank. So Dana Carvey is this kleptomaniac. John Lovitz is a liar. And Nicolas Cage is, like, you would almost say he's, like, the mastermind. But he's not very good at it. So they take this money from the bank. And now, through the warmth of this family, who they stole the money from, who owned the bank, uh, they find out that this money is just going to destroy the town, it's going to destroy the bank, it's going to destroy the family, because things, you know, things that they assume just are not true like lying for insurance and, and so on and so forth so the movie begins to slow turn when like we have our Elliot Ness character the FBI hunting for Nicolas Cage piecing it together and then through this cat and mouse chase we we have nuance and character and discovery of oneself and Nicolas Cage completely turns the corner and falls in love while you know, Dana Carvey and John Lovitz, his other brothers, go back home, new people. And that's that, that's trapped in paradise. Okay, so we have this, we, we have a meme, we, we, we have a living meme, and I would say, <laughs> and it's Nicolas Cage's performance in this and how forgotten it is. Uh, his... his mannerisms and and the way how he puts himself out in front of the camera has become a uh it's it's become a meme for millennials and hipsters and it, the the idea that nicholas cage overacts and acts a certain way and freaks out is is an internet thing which i don't agree with because i don't think it's fair uh i try I try not to use memes because I think they're too abstract and they are, I think they're mean sometimes. <laughs> and I much rather use words. Okay, I'm sorry. I much rather use words uh, when I'm discussing, even if I'm going back and forth on Twitter, I much rather use words. I think people that use memes are just, they're hiding behind something and someone else is saying, uh, someone else is saying something for you. You're you're not being very vocal on it, nor are you being very good at being vocal on it. <laughs> That's my stance on memes. And but the performance of Nicolas Cage in this movie, it's of a maniac. It's of a, it's but it's glorious and it's it's so well uh, targeted and directed. Uh, Gallo really knew what he had on his hands when Nicolas Cage just started letting loose. And we get these freakout moments by Cage, but they're honest and they're truthful because the character itself is is frustrated and angry, and even going through these these emotions, and and he's a little bit sad on the inside. And I just really connected to that. I thought, I thought his, and maybe it's it's a little bit because <laughs> I struggle so hard to maintain all my content streams. While I endlessly have people who uh, offer their services to me, not services, uh, they 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 want to do things. I tell you know I give them things to do, and they they work for like two weeks, and and that's it, and that's the story of my life. But uh, <laughs> so his frustration really kind of came through, but it's it, it's it was particularly um, interesting. 
because uh, I, I the range of Nicolas Cage as an actor, uh, it's it's like Ryan Gosling can't hit the range of, of Nicolas Cage. Uh, you know, like uh, George Clooney can't, Brad Pitt can't. Like these people who who try drama and comedy, like uh, many of them f- completely fail. And I would say like Nicolas Cage could do comedy, uh, especially at this like juncture in his career, as well as Jim Carrey. And for him to go and win the Oscar for leaving Las Vegas and to continue to to strive forward and to you know like be in movies and be a part of Hollywood, it's it's a hell of a career, and he has nothing but my adulation and and love. And look, look, props. He's he's a comic book guy. So Dream Warriors, we particularly do shout outs for comic book guys. And so I wanted to research this. I really didn't have too much time to, to look it up. But I remember Dana Carvey. Dana Carvey's famous for his bit on maybe the last golden age of, of SNL. Like, I'm sorry, Will Farrell face <laughs> but in the 80s uh dana carvey was saturday night live he's this impressionist john lovis was a part of that that crew which is probably why they have chemistry together uh, you know and that's a little depressing because it shows you how far snl has fallen you know snl who's not it's not focused on comedy now it's focused on political commentary and you know preaching from a high horse and and i'm not saying it doesn't have funny moments i'm sure it does but the overall attitude and air of the show is just something i i don't really want to be a part of i don't want to be like sunken into and you know like it and it it sucks because i'm sure there's a, a heck of a lot of talented people involved with snl but dana carvey and john lovitz were a part of this powerhouse like mid 80s to nine you know like maybe like 84 to 1990 like a six-year powerhouse and dana carvey was the star he's the one that created the characters uh church lady complete if if things were a little bit more streamlined a church lady would have had her own movie series period but i remember him getting sick and he he disappeared and he had some great stand-ups uh, might have been hbo i don't think they were showtime but to in my eyes jim carrey uh, like paled next to dana carvey i'm sorry i i <laughs> i was trying to get to that point hopefully i wasn't addressing dana carvey as jim carrey <laughs> oh my, i suck but yeah but dana carvey was the talent and american comedy and, and this is just me as 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 a young kid you know laying it all in and and he disappeared and and everything became jim carrey but dana carvey in my eyes always got a raw deal now in in hindsight i think the jim carrey comedy holds up so much more today than dana carvey because dana carvey's just making like silly faces but I feel like Carrie needed a template and, and he was able to build off of Carvey. And Jim Carrey just went harder into the paint with his characters and his portrayals than Dana Carvey. But Dana Carvey is nothing but masterful, amazing in this movie. He's insanely funny. 
and his characters i love kleptomania characters and john lovitz is basically playing john lovitz as he did on snl as he did in big which is one of my my favorite cameos uh in that movie uh next to john hurt (laughs) but he's he's the guy that works next to tom hanks when tom hanks gets hired you know he's it's you know tom hanks starts working and and john lovitz interrupts tom hanks in big and says uh hey slow down and he literally did like one like five seconds worth of work but john lovitz again amazing so we we have gallo right we we have george gallo now george gallo other than wise guys he he wrote wise guys directed by brian de palma but He's he's known for some movies. 29th Street with De, uh, De, uh, Danny Aiello. This is a great movie. Codenamed The Cleaner with Cedric the Entertainer, uh, 2007. I've never seen it, but uh, <laughs> it, this, this might predate some of these spy comedies that uh, kind of took over Hollywood for, for a while. I think the movie definitely predates Spy with, um, what's her name, the... Uh, the the girl from Ghostbusters, and then we have Middlemen, which is a hell of a movie that I that I wholly wholeheartedly enjoyed, starring Luke Wilson, Giovanni Ribisi. Again, two fantastic character actors. Giovanni Ribisi is our times great character actor, uh, great actor. Period. I don't think there's few that are even close to him. Philip Seymour Hoffman was, but it's still. Uh, you know he's no longer with us, but it's it's hands down Giovanni Ribisi. But this movie is about the men who uh, introduced uh, the payment processing. Uh, you know that could be done anonymously that took over the porn industry, and uh, you know like and commerce and all, like the encryption and stuff. And the <laughs> and it's a it's a Hollywood movie. Middleman and Social Network is a great one-two combo if you really want to see how some of the uh, world was was built and then then we have double take uh and this is it's orlando jones and eddie griffith two actors that are like no longer like you know actor comedians that are gone and orlando jones is one funny dude and he never got a fail fair shake eddie griffin eddie griffin did a little bit more but this movie it's a 2001 movie George Gallo wrote and directed it. I think this is a, it's a relic of two Im- amazingly talented men that, you know, Hollywood kind of, like, forgot. And uh, I might want to do something on Double Take. Uh, I, w- I wouldn't mind doing a deep dive on, on George Gallo because I think Pound for Pound, he, he's, he's a hell of a comedy writer-director. Like, he really understands... Uh, the people he's 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 working with, and 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 I do have to revisit Wise Guys, but look, you know I, <laughs> it's it's gonna be time for me to go, and why? Because I'm so freaking busy. I've been so focused on my comic book these last couple of days, and I completely closed, uh, deleted all my items on my eBay shop to get <laughs> better sales. So I'm redoing my eBay. My comic book, hopefully my uh, my comic crowdfunding will be available by the beginning of the year. And I'm talking nearly, maybe the entire thing will be, uh, not complete, but the artwork will be wrapped. 
So by you know through the course of the campaign, I can actually uh, finish the book. But that's been my huge focus. Uh, this is a project that's been going on since 1997. It's been hard course since like late late um, 2017, like 20 years later. So I've been working on this thing steadily for a solid year, I would say. And uh, again, insanely excited. And I, I had to bang off some rust, like the, the drawing rust. But yeah, look, everyone, uh, it's Christmas. I, I would appreciate it if you... You know, took time to, uh, you know, like love your friends and love your family and and say it though. Like don't don't just say with, with presents. Uh, the words themselves have impact. And for all of you who are listening this time of year, thank you so much for joining me uh, on on the Stream Warriors journey. Thank you for participating in social media on all accounts and any contributor. I know some of you listen regularly, but thank you. Thank you for just um, just being like on the team. You know, some of you, some of you guys bench yourselves, but thank you for just even being there. I, it means a lot to me, but hey, I have to go. Merry Christmas, <laughs> rock and roll, and until next time. Hello, Dream Warriors. What is happening? Merry Christmas. That's right. We're doing a Christmas Day drop. I must be crazy. I must not have any friends or family or things to do. No, 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 no. I do. But I'm your dedicated host. So let's hit that music and get right to it. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And I say that from the bottom of my heart. Because if you're listening today, if you're one of the Dream Warriors tuning in, they got the notification. I thank you so much, but we are doing this together, you and I. And I'm not going to go into any like promotions or anything right now. I'm just going to talk to you. Uh, I don't want to bring in any pop culture or any of the things that Dream Warrior specializes in or not preview upcoming episodes. But I will say... I do apologize. Love actually did not make it to Cinemas. Cinemas was somewhat of a complete disaster, even though I, I felt like I did four strong movies and had four strong takes. Uh, it, it just kind of, uh, I couldn't get into a rhythm, and I had so many other like mechanical things happening in my life, and I just I could not focus as much as I wanted to. I just couldn't. Ah, it, it drove me crazy. It drove me crazy. I was thinking about extending it, but I, I'd rather just march into the uh, new year. And, you know, maybe some of those episodes that ended up on my list, and even including 31 Days of Dread and uh, Thanks Flicking, it, you know, like, sprinkled them out. Uh, but it, this time of year, always, as I feel like it should for you also, if, if you're going to um, get into the season... And this is why uh, these three holidays are so important. Well, I'll say four. And I'm talking Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's. Why are these holidays important? Well, they not only remind us of friends and family, loved ones, those of us who are no longer with us. You know, the, the individuals that affected our lives that only exist in our hearts and minds it's not only about that but it is about you 
and maybe like maybe that's the theme maybe that i've been digging around trying to find a focus for the christmas conversation for dream warriors 111 can you believe it's been 111 episodes uh, by by the time the year's out dream warriors might be at 200 published pieces of content people it is lit. I can't believe it. And and again, thank you all for joining me because the network is growing. The dream warriors are becoming warriors. And one by one, one by one, we're communicating. We're going back and forth. We're digging into each other's lives because dream warriors is part audio log for me, your host, a.k.a. Pad, Peter A. DeLuca. But let's get back into these holidays. Why do we get four of them in a row? Who did this? Why Why would they attack our bank accounts within the fourth quarter? Is it retailers? Is it the Illuminati? Is it lizard men floating over our heads, controlling our minds? Is they live a accurate representation of our lives? Okay. All that is wrong. All that is false. So I think society somewhat just nominated and settled on these holidays and through trial and error having significant ones that bring us together at the end of of the year going into new years now going into the 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 rebirth of of the cycle like it it coagulated it dried it, it it became solid and and why why like why would society choose such a thing are, are they mad do they know about our bank accounts okay i'm backing off of that no it's it's for us it's for you and me to recalibrate to refocus our lives to look back and see our errors and holy crap did i do i i I fumbled a lot this year. I kind of, yeah, Peter A. DeLuca, your host, your boy, from akapad.com. Yeah, I screwed up a lot this year, and I did some good, though. And it's it's a lot like a gym session. You know, you, you kind of go through the bad, the really awful, horrific sessions, the ones you're not there, your heart and mind are separated, but you get that one. And you get that one good session and that kind of leads into two and three and four and five. And then boom, you're back down to zero because you suck again. And this year, even now at this time of year, I feel like I suck. I feel like I failed. I feel like I let people down. Uh, Friends, family, all my Dream Warrior contributors, uh, even going back to Norm, I feel like I let them down one by one. But I'm anxious and I'm ready and I'm aggressive. And you know what? I want to get back to it. I want to feel uh, like my back is like up against the wall, and I can venture into that darkness, right? Darkness, and repair, repair it all, fix it, and in doing so, in helping them, and bringing new people into the forefront, I'm fixing and repairing myself, and that, for me deeply deeply inspires myself it, it, it does keep me going uh even this year like I, I went high and low with mark and chris two of the dream warrior contributors the other mark completely uh went into like his own spiral 
you know, like, but he's the least responsive. You know, like, when people aren't responsive via text message, when I know you're on your phone 24-7, yeah, uh, that that does annoy the living hell out of me. Uh, when people tell me that the holidays are getting them down and they're fake, ambitious people, yeah, that gets me. And what do you mean by, you're like, Pete, that's harsh. What do you mean by fake, ambitious? What do you know about these people? How do you, how, how could you determine such a thing? All right. Let me tell you, I determine such a thing when when there's things I can hold in my hand, when there's anything I can see, and I can't. And, but you tell me you're ambitious, and we're the same age, or you're 10 years younger than me, and you'd rather go to sleep or go to a birthday party, and I'm up all night grinding, and I'm up early, and I'm hashtag nonstop. That's what I mean by fake ambitious, okay? It's you live or die creating something. And that something, the only thing you have left to your name should not be just your children. Because children most likely are going to hate you. (laughs) They're going to go through a phase that they will hate you and they will always question how accurate that phase was. Did they, did they hate you enough? Did they not hate you? <laughs> okay? This is what haunts us into our later years. No matter what you do, no matter how great you are, even when those children tell you it's okay, they're lying. They're lying through their teeth. They're virtue signaling to themselves. So, at the end of the year, it's all about us. It's about you and me. And that's how we cope. That's how we deal with these realities when they come crashing down. No one's really on on our side. No one really loves us. We're all really alone. But we share time with friends and family. Even though we're alone, we can do magnificent things. We can do incredible things. We can have a laser focus so hot we can do anything. Now, some things are harder to do than others. That's understood. But we chip away. We build a list. We learn to organize. We slim down our lives. We boil the marrow off of the bone. Or extracting it. You know, right? Like, that's a little bit of the uh, processor. And, and, and anyway, you, you guys get the point. And that's what... That's what this time of year and that's what Christmas really means to your boy, a.k.a. Pad. And even now, just talking to you, I I look back at this year on Dream Warriors and like, wow. uh, You know, like starting with the Bumblebee and the Aquaman reviews, like way ahead of everyone on both of those. Thank you very much. Completing the 31 Days of Dread within October, starting Thanks Flicking, getting to cinemas, even doing this recording, uh, the wrestling, the NFL episodes. John, I'm talking to you. I need you. We got, we're hitting wildcard weekend and we need, <laughs> we need an NFL update. Uh, but he's, he's, he's been busy with, with school. Uh, does he qualify for fake ambition? No, but he's teetering. John, if you're listening, you, you're you on the fence for fake ambition. Now, this is an episode, too. This episode I even call like a feed killer. So if you're listening to 
Dream Warriors at 20, 30 minute clips one after the other and you come across this one, uh, you're, you're going to maybe stop listening, un- unsubscribe. It's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be good. But, you know, like, uh, that's important to me. Like, even doing, th- that's the point I'm getting at. Even this episode alone, it's highly, highly important to me because I, I put myself out there. I risk a lot. I, I put religious views, personal views, political views. Uh, I put my life and relationships all on Dream Warriors. And I offer it to you because I want everyone out there, all of you, all my Dream Warriors, I want you to understand who's speaking to you and where am I coming from. And if you dislike something and I like it, I want you to know a little bit of the base, a little bit of the understanding. Imagine Siskel and Ebert had an, a video log. Imagine you knew more about their lives as they discussed film. Would you see things differently? A hundred percent. Do you see my films differently? The way how I speak of them. I hope you do. I hope this effect it goes into your marrow and seeps into your bloodstream. And it, I believe... This is a little bit of what makes Dream Warriors and the podcast and the effort of this so significant, so meaningful. And I'm just grateful. I'm grateful for the growth that we've had. I'm grateful for what 2019 is offering. And for 2019, holy kaboli, I have so many things, so many uh, little things up in the air that I'm completing I'm, we're, we're talking, you know, crowdfunding, Kickstarter type stuff. My, my pins, my custom pin line is, is going to be like coming at you. My return to comic books is just about there. The last three days I've been just ravaged, just like ravage, ravagedishly, ravagedishly. I don't even know if that's a word. Uh, organizing, getting it together. And I'm only printing an ash can, but this is the absolute ash can. <laughs> it's only going to preview about seven pages of the story. <laughs> of the story, But it, it, it's just fun. And I wanted the ash can to have just some elements to it. And it's all original, all built up. And keep in mind, I'm doing like all of it. Jeez. You know, how does someone get so talented? But no. someone gets talented when they become amazingly crazy obsessive and you see a value you see more of a value in the work that you produce than the quality of your life and that's where you break the ice and you hope to you know make product that that draws in enough people for you to continue and that's the exchange and along the way yeah, life happens, distractions happen, and oh my god, uh, just annoying things endlessly. But again, getting back to the end of the year. So we're forced to refocus. We're forced to think about ourselves. We're forced to reconnect with friends and family, uh, to reach out to people we haven't seen in a while because we're inspired by the holiday. And if you're listening to this on Christmas Day, and if you're alone, I'm putting all of this out to you. I'm putting all of my love and energy into you right now because I'm with you. And, like, I've been there. And it's not easy. And 
maybe if I had something like Dream Warriors or someone like myself talking directly to me, maybe, you know, like things were turned around a little bit quicker. I, I'm hoping this has that same effect on you. My path and the way how I dug myself out of the holes, it's very, very different. You know, like you, you just have to do uh, best practices and, and, and stack everything. You know, if you stack enough best practices, it will lean. It's called tipping point. It will lean in favorability. It will lean towards success. It will lean towards, again, breaking the ice. Best practices, stack. So what does that mean? Like, how do we make ourselves better? Easy. Go to the gym. Read. Go out, meet new people, find, communicate and meet new people any way you can. And that doesn't mean you be a creeper, that doesn't mean you be a weirdo, but you expand your social dynamics. One, two, three. You don't have to be obsessive, but you got to chip away at it. And 1% every single day will add up. That is almost my credo. That's my motto. That is my life definition. Every single day... A little bit, a little bit of a percentile, and I can go on and on to what I do every single day. Maybe we'll do that on on another episode. But look, everyone, I thank you so much. This is a very short episode, but I just wanted to put something out from the heart to all my dream warriors on Christmas Day. Merry Christmas! I love you all, and may the grace of the light guide you okay that adds a little too much <laughs> okay what do you believe just believe in something okay uh don't believe in nothing uh, and okay we're getting too far hey hey hey, hey. Brr, dream warriors rock and roll until next time i'll talk to you <laughs>